Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Hey, what's going on, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 126, The Tree Metaphor. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's show. I know it's been a while. It's been a while since I have put up an episode, but I have been busy. I do apologize, guys. Uh, I've just been super, super busy with my practice, with helping people hear better. Um, it's a good thing. It's a quality problem. I've definitely been helping a lot of people lately, and uh, unfortunately, I haven't had the time to get an episode up and out there to you, but I'm back, and I am excited because I got a whole bunch of shows lined up for you guys that I really think you're going to enjoy. I just want to have a couple of announcements first. If you have gotten value out of this podcast, please help me spread the word by telling a friend. In addition, if you listen regularly, it's really important that you subscribe. By subscribing on iTunes or Google Play or whichever platform that you listen through, that's what helps drive the rankings for the show, and then ultimately, we can impact more people. So I just want to thank you guys for that. Today, I'm joined by Stephen Love, and Stephen comes, he's calling in from the UK, and we have a great show lined up for you. He's the founder of lovelifeloveyou.co.uk. That's his website. That's where he does his his consulting through. And Stephen is trained in a range of therapies and holistic practices, which he uses as part of his coaching techniques. In his 15 years of experience, he has helped his clients to overcome a variety of issues, from bereavement to self-confidence, depression and anxiety, to smoking cessation or weight loss. And the list just goes on and on and on. In every case, he will work with his clients to move past their limiting beliefs that which hold them back in life and help them to create the right mindset for them to be the person they want to be. Stephen is just a truly insightful individual. I, I was reflecting a lot myself just during the conversation that I have with him. And some of the things that we're going to talk about are patterns of behavior, uh, which he calls POBs uh, and conditioning. We're going to talk about the tree metaphor. We're going to be talking about how Stephen worked through uh, some deeply rooted fears in his life and his book, Journey of Discovery and Self-Learning, and so much more. But without further ado, I am super excited to get this episode out to you guys, so I hope you enjoy and relax and, and just sit back and listen and help me welcome now to The Positivity Effect, Stephen Love. Steve, what's going on? Welcome to The Positivity Effect. Um, thanks for inviting me. Um Tom, it's a pleasure to be here, um, and it's a great opportunity to, to share some insights, if you like, of, of my journey. Spread the light, right? Spread yeah, the light. Spread the good, the good vibes. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's nothing I like uh, more than spending time with somebody who's in a positive place. You know. Likewise. Well, thank you for accepting my invitation. You know, we had a mutual friend uh, that had 
taking that moment, I guess, to say, you know what, these two guys, they're going to make something special. So, you know, shout out to that, that mutual friend as well. And that's what it's all about, right? We have to be aware of that when uh, friends, family, people in our lives are, when we're, we're there to help each other. It's really important to be aware of that in life. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm a great believer that everything happens for a reason. Um, and, and the chap you're talking about, Joel, is, is a good friend. And um, yeah, I know he made a connection with you and he could see something that we could bring together that could help people in a positive way. And what's really cool, I mean, I, it's just definitely, uh, it's regular today in 2017 on podcasts, but it's pretty cool that I'm calling in from New York and you're joining yeah. me all the way over in the, where exactly are you in the UK? Well, I'm, I'm in Wales, in South Wales, and I'm, I'm in a little place called Tonarevel, which is probably about tw- 12 miles out from Cardiff. So some people might be familiar with Cardiff City, um, South Wales. So yeah, city. Are we are we thinking are we are we thinking like city buildings, landscapes? Are we talking like nice rolling, sprawling fields? What are we looking at? Well, it, it's quite a mix actually. Yeah, there's a lot of buildings and there are a lot of open aspects to the city as well. So, and what we've got in Cardiff, which is um, the Principality Stadium, is called now which is um, the main stadium for our rugby and a lot of the f- football gets held there now from around the world. So, um, yeah. I Sounds like, you know what? I think my wife would be, she would want me to take her there. <laughs> she would totally be interested in that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you'd love it. I'm yes. sure you'd love it. So if someone was going to the UK for the first time and they had, that's it, they were, they never left the, let's say that we're talking about somebody that lives in the United States, never left the country. Where would you point them to as yep. first time? Oh, I, I'd say definitely come to Wales. You know, there are some beautiful landscape areas, um, seaside resorts, the Gower uh, and Pembrokeshire and the Brecon Mountains. So there's some beautiful, beautiful areas in South Wales. But also, if you want to drive up through England and you know the Lake District and different places up through the, the centre of um, England, there's a there's a beautiful countryside. Even though you've got the big cities uh, and the built-up areas, there's a lot of nice areas outside. So yeah, awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I, I guess I don't say this enough while to the guest while you guys are when you're actually on the show and we're recording. It's really just a, an honor for me as well. Uh, not just the listeners, you guys that come in and listen to the show, but I get a lot out of this also, Steve. Just just being here and 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 connecting with you in this way. Mm-hmm. So I really mm-hmm. appreciate your time and joining us. And I was talking with a close friend of mine the other day about they were just asking me about the podcast and how it was going. And it's so true that there's just not enough positive messages out there. There are. There are definitely there. You have to look for them, though. And we were talking about this before we got on the call about we we all have that opportunity to be that guiding light because not everybody's always looking for it. But when you are shining that light, there are people that are looking for it and they will be drawn and attracted to it and they'll come home to it and 
it'll just make sense. It'll be right for them. Uh, so I think that there's going to be something very special that'll come out of this episode as well. And I'm appreciative of you guys, the listeners, for, for sticking it out with me. And Or if you're new, this is your first time. And uh, welcome. I hope you take something away from this this podcast. There's a million and one things that you could be doing with your time right now, especially today in, in this day and age with this digital age that we're in. So I'm grateful that you're spending some of your time here with me and Steve and, and uh, you, you hope that you're going to get something out of this to help better your life and help improve your mindset or uh, help you uh, have a sense of grat- more gratitude in your life. That's something that we talk a lot about on the show. So yeah, Steve, uh, just very appreciative of having you here today. Oh, thank you, Thomas. Um, it's great to be here. I, I get that um, you know we're all on a journey. I always say to many people, we come into the world alone and we leave the world alone. Even if there's somebody there with us at the time, we're still on a part of that journey on our own. But there's a there's a piece in between and none of us know how long that's going to be. So I'm really up for enjoying every second, every minute, every day to the fullest. Yeah. And the way I've got to do that is by learning about myself, you know, and... And what I made things mean in my life, the the experiences, the circumstances I found myself in, it wasn't so much what happened, it's the meaning that I put to what happened. So I created my own map of my world, if you like. That's Yeah, that's a big uh, shift that for any of us, when we realize that it's okay to be selfish in a way, uh, mm. it's not a selfishness that is taking away from the people that are in our lives. It's literally a selfishness that by taking the time to understand who we are, understand why we're on this earth, understand what our purpose is, understand why we have the relationships with the people in our life, you know, what is driving us to uh, make an impact on this world. Are we trying to make an impact on this world just asking us those que- uh, asking ourselves those questions being selfish in that way it makes us a better person for the people around us yeah um, I, I often look at life and people say what's my purpose why am I here well I think we're part of a bigger picture so Einstein if I was to talk about Einstein we all know who Einstein is But if I was to ask who is his mother or father or did he have a brother or sister, people might not know that. But without the other people around him and before him, he would never have been in existence. So we're all part of creating something. And it could be my my great-great-grandchild is going to be something really special in the world. It could still be myself. But without... The people that come before, that person is never going to be in existence and make that difference in the world at some point. So I think that's what our purpose is. You know, our purpose is to live the life the best we can because we are putting something in place for the real great things to come. That's right. And the beauty in life are the experiences that we go through, The especially the scrapes, the bumps, the bruises, the, oh, the things that... Yeah. that uh, drive us to the ground at times and then drive us to be better people 
if we're aware and if we want to improve ourselves. Uh, it's funny you mentioned real quick. You mentioned uh, Einstein. I was just thinking of. Uh, <laughs> I heard something recently. You know how they had said about Einstein. Um, I guess it was it was a common thought process, or it was taught in school for many years that us as all of us as humans we use a certain per- percentage of our brain. And they would say, yeah. "Oh, well, Einstein he used a bigger portion of his brain." And they actually found that they debunked that. It's he definitely is quite the intelligent individual, but that whole idea that of concept that he used a big more more of his brain, like they said, it was eight. I forget the percentage, the exact percentage. Yeah, yeah. Um, we actually do use all of our brain. Uh, it's just um, how everything interconnects. It's not that we use like ten, what they say, ten percent. I forget yeah, what the number 10%. was, but uh, right, I think right. It was, yeah. So yeah, that was I. I was interesting that he brought him up, but so. We're going to talk about experiences, Steve. I want to talk about some of your experiences. Okay. Things that colored your life and, and things that helped you sh- make shifts. Well, things that you looked at in your life and you realized that were patterns in your life. Yeah. I often call them pobs. And people say, pubs. what is a pob? Pob, P-O-B, which is a, a pattern of behavior. A pattern yeah. of behavior. I like that. And you, before yeah. we jumped on that call, you know, today we jumped on, we were having a little chat and you were telling me about something that happened very early on in childhood. So I'd love for you to kind of take that, you know, take it away from there. Okay. Um, we'll go from there. Well, well, I started in school and, and we used to start around the age of four in the area that I was, I live in. And um, I went into the first day of school and in the afternoon they used to, Get you to lay down in little hammocks to have a little sleep. And just at that point, I was the oldest one in that class then. They realized they were one short in the class next up. So they moved me just before the sleep, and I was moved into the next class. Well, the following day then, we went in, which was my first full day in that class, which then made me the youngest person in the class. And I was four, and there was an elderly teacher, a lady who gave out crayons and as she put them on the table she said don't open the crayons until I've given them all out but I was an excited four-year-old and I wanted to open my crayons so I did and the next thing I remember was being slapped from behind around the back of the head and then put in front of the class in what was then a blackboard I know they call whiteboards these days and some of the children were laughing but I was very confused, I was very scared, and I really wasn't understanding what was going on. When I carried on through life, and I got to a point in life where I really started looking at myself, which would have been 34, I had lots of experiences in between. You know, I was married at 17, said yes when I meant no. All these things I wasn't realizing would impact in my life along the way. But I also, that blackboard was a big, big thing for me because my mind would go into confusion. So as I went through school and I went into grammar school, as it was, then I went to the junior school, into grammar school. If I was asked to go to the board and do a maths equation, even the simplest math equation was really hard for me to do because my mind would go back into that four-year-old who was confused and I wasn't seeing that pattern for most of my life, you know, up until 34. 
And you have, I love the analogy that you have for this that we'll we'll talk about. Yeah. But but man, like in my own world of of what we talk about on the show is what a, what a ripple effect that that had in your life. It was, it was such an early memory. Yeah. But it was so deeply embedded in how you saw the world. It colored my life, you know, in, in a negative way. And what I find as well, some of the work I've gone through, um, I, you know, I went to Thailand and trained um, with indirect hypnosis, and, and you've got the Buddhist monk uh, technique, if you like, out there, of attachment and non-attachment. So what I got to see was how many things had attached into that first experience that colored my life in a negative way. So if we want to talk a little bit about the analogy I use is when we are born, we come into the world with a clear field as far as we're aware. There's a parent or parents there or a guardian to look after us. And we come in ready to learn all about our journey through life. I like how you but said pure. Siblings. Yeah, being pure. Well, we are. We are pure when we come into the world. So as far as we're aware, there is everything to gain and everything to learn. But we get conditioned by initially our parents and grandparents and siblings and aunties and uncles and cousins which, and then we get little trees which will say one. well you know which will make that point guys too is it's not it's not neither right or wrong that you're conditioned yes there's times that a adult may condition a child that that's just completely flat out wrong absolutely but also just we have to be as as you guys are listening to this conversation between Steve and I, and maybe you're reflecting on your own life, and you're thinking about maybe your own parents, or maybe your own grandparents, or an aunt, or an uncle, and how maybe um, interactions you had with them as as a child that maybe you feel conditioned your conditioned you, and now you're thinking about it, and maybe there's feelings of anger that may well up within you, or sadness, or maybe happiness. I think. The key to what what Steve's going to get into is just looking at it for what it is and not putting too much of an emph- a name on it really because it's important to recognize that they did the best that they could with the tools that they had at the time when you were being raised. Now again, definitely there's there are situations that maybe some of you have gone through that were just wrong and, and you shouldn't have gone through them. But most everyday situations, if we think of someone that is our senior to us and, and if we're thinking of ourselves as a child, they did the best they could at the time. So that's you have to think of it in that way. And then now if, you were, if you're thinking of this conversation that... that Steve is having with me about, and you're thinking about your own life and reflecting, it's important to release those things and and allow that grace to fill your life and the love to fill your life. So um, that, that's, uh, you know, definitely an important point. But go ahead, Steve. I didn't mean to cut you off there. That's okay. I mean, generally, as you say, um, our parents, our guardians are doing the best with the knowledge they have, and they've also been conditioned 
by their parents and their parents. And it also depends on what area, what culture you're living in and, and what things have been ingrained through the societies, if you like, at that time. So they're always doing the best they can. And it's not actually what they do or how they teach in us. It's the meaning that we have put into it. So I had a good childhood. You know, The teacher thing was one thing, but with my parents, I had a great childhood. My parents brought me up in a, in a great way. But I still had experiences and I made the mean things in my world from my early conditioning and my own experiences because, you know, once we start that little journey, we learn to walk and talk and we're learning from people around us initially and little trees have started to pop up in our field of hurts and sadness and fears and guilts and some things we observe and some things we feel ourselves. And that goes all the way up to, you know, seven years of age, eight years of age, when they say the subconscious mind is in being for the first seven or eight years, and then the conscious mind kicks in. That's why they say children are like sponges absorbing all the information through the five senses. Now, once we reach, you know, we go to school and we've got all these children coming with their conditioning, we've got teachers who have had their conditioning, and if they haven't had the privilege of being able to look at themselves in a certain way and seeing their own things in life when you think of all this isn't it crazy it's crazy when you think of it all it's like it's pretty crazy that we're all here today but we haven't got a chance have we we haven't got a chance right you know we're all on a journey and i think we've all got we're all individual and every journey is a unique journey and it's how we interpret it and how we start to see it for ourselves so you know when we are willing and i think it's the bravest thing anybody will ever do is look at themselves then we can start to take some of these trees out. Because once we've reached that eight years of age, them trees that we've initially grown in the early stages are now branching into our lives. So the branches are going off, and you might have a guilt is turning into an anger, or a sadness is attaching in. So very often when we pull the right tree, then we pull a lot of other emotions with it, because we're an emotional being. Yeah, We've got to think about things first, and then we create a picture in the mind and that creates a feeling in the body, and then the behaviors come out of that. So it's about, you know, putting an intervention. And you spoke earlier about um, the great Tony Robbins, how he's uh, a master at creating an intervention in front of a lot of people with an individual and changing the course of their lives. You know, and they get a light bulb moment where they weren't seeing something before, and it gives them that opportunity to. And I, and I think that's the most empowering thing you can do for a person is allow them the opportunity to see something for themselves because then they have the resources to make the changes that work best for them. But if we are coming from a place of our own stuff, then we are coloring that, and, and that's not a good way for it to be. It's about us coming from a good space, an empty space, and allowing that person, if you like, I like to think I'm coming from nothing. I'm not bringing any judgment. I'm not bringing any um, criticism. I'm listening to the person. And very often, if you allow somebody to talk enough about an issue in their lives, they'll talk their way through it, and they'll get that light bulb moment, a eureka moment, and they'll go, oh, I've just realized something. It was so-and-so, and I usually say, I don't know. Was it? Because that's an Ericsson thing. And I like Ericsson. <laughs> yes. That's great. So, Steve, this is good. 
the listeners, they had an opportunity to hear a little bit about about you and your bio, and and that's some of the stuff that you and I had had took some time to chat about before we jumped into the podcast about. And you you keep mentioning that that number, that age thirty four. I guess that was that point for you when you really start to get the awareness yeah. that you wanted to make some changes in your life. Absolutely. Well, you know, I I went through a divorce at thirty four, and I took a step back and and I looked at my life and realized that there was a lot more that I could be getting out of life. And I always had a fascination in the power of the mind. So I went and took um, a hypnotherapy course. And that's really where my journey started. Um, I had the privilege of training with Stephen Gilligan. And in front of a lot of people, he hypnotized me and put me into my well of life, where he said, I would let go of all the things that no longer serve any purpose. And then after that, I went into coaching and things just started to come out and make sense. You know, and they weren't horrible things, um, apart from being beaten up by a teacher at four. They were, they were things that were happening in life. But again, it was the meaning that I put, that you put to, to the them. circumstances. Yes. yes. And as soon as I could see that, um, I'll give you a, a simple, I went, a simple thing, a little thing that happened for me was, I went to a relationship course, um, and during the course, I was asked a question. In your relationship, and this can, this, this can be to any relationship, but in your personal relationship, if I was to ask you yourself, how much percentage are you responsible in that relationship? So if you're in a relationship, in a personal relationship, how much percentage are you responsible? What, what would your answer be, Tom? I would say 100% responsible for yourself in that relationship and what you're bringing to it. Brilliant. I mean, that's that's the right answer. My answer was 50-50, and that's what a lot of people come with, 50-50. And, and they said, no, you're 100%. And I said, well, hang on, what about the other person? And they said, no, they are 100% as well. That's right. And that makes a big, big difference to people in their lives. When they actually start to get 100% responsibility, now that's in relationship. If you start moving that into all parts of your life, so things that work that you're successful in, things that are not working that you're not successful in, you're still responsible. And when you start to look at it from that 100%, then you've got that power to start to change any concept or any area of your life that you wish to change. And I found that really powerful for me. But yeah, there's always one gets the right answer. Well done, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you now, as you had continued that journey of understanding and really like an awakening uh that that phoenix Phoenix reborn from the ashes of of who you were and then who you became and you have this awareness and you began to work with people and help people make these these breakthroughs and these changes this you were coaching one-on-one really helping people make change in their life yeah. So back to that metaphor of the trees in our lives, of, of these patterns. Sometimes they're good patterns. Uh, most yeah. of the time they're bad patterns from things that mm-hmm. were cropped up throughout our life. When you sit down with someone, how do you start to analyze and help them at least first to distinguish the different types of trees maybe they have in their life? And then how do you get them to the point to start removing or, or working on that? Well, a lot of people come to me, obviously, I've already got an issue they want to deal with. And, and sometimes you're the last, um, the last port of call. They've been 
everywhere else, you know, they try different things and they come along and they say, well, I've got anxiety. Okay. First thing I'll ask them is, how do you know you've got anxiety? You know, and it usually shows up as a feeling in the body somewhere. So I'm not really interested in the story, as I would call it, because we've all got stories behind our problems. And that's all they are, are stories, but we've built them up really well. So what I ask people is to look at the feeling. And using lots of different techniques, you know, one of them is just a feeling. If it had a color, what would it be? If it had a shape, what would it be? If it had a temperature, does it have a sound? So we start to give this, this feeling a, a bit of structure. And what is it a person really wants in life if, they, if they're living with anxiety is they want to feel more in control, calm, and relaxed in certain areas of their life. So just giving them that alone starts to move something and gives them some power to take control back of the feeling that's been controlling them. So it's really about switching things around. It's, the feeling is just created by the thoughts most of the time. And if they start to change the, what they call the meta-programs um, of the thoughts that are attached to the feelings, then they can start to change the way they feel and the way they behave around certain areas in their life. And that's what you had started to do with, with fear, with, which was so deeply rooted from your childhood. Yeah, mine was a longer journey because I had to learn all the techniques. So I worked with about 20 different techniques and I had to learn them systematically, one after the other, going through the processes. And um, what I've learned to do is combine a lot of them. So I had to go and look and go back through my life, if you like, look at all the stuff that had happened from early days. Um, what I find with a lot of people now, we don't need to go back and look. You know, we can just deal with the feelings and the emotions that are attached there. And we can help them to shift to a new place without going through the traumas of dealing with past experiences. So I'm not really interested in what happened because it's a story people will get into. They've, they've run it so many times that they've embedded the feeling strongly within them. So using different techniques like emotional freedom technique, hypnotherapy, NLP, cognitive behavior therapy, mindfulness, it's just different things we can bring in. We start to get people to take the emotion apart and then they start to think differently. Really quick, Steve, could you uh, just briefly explain what NLP is? It's It's been brought up on this podcast before, but just for anybody yeah. that maybe doesn't know. Well, neuro-linguistic programming is what NLP is. And for me, it's about a person being the best version of themselves and there's lots of different techniques and things within NLP, things such as the swish technique where you've got a bad experience, um, it will come up in front of somebody and you can get it up in a picture and then we'll create a new empowering picture and you actually swishing is just swapping them over. And what you're doing, every time you do that, you're, you're rewriting something in the brain. So it's starting to change the, the neural pathways. And if you do it enough times, you know, it's quite a simple technique. And the person then has trouble recalling the negative picture that they had. So it's, it's about models of um, the brain. You know, there's different meta models. And we're going through, back through the meta models of the brain and getting the person to 
let go of the program that's been embedded in them and create the new. So again, with NLP, um, different people use it in different ways. I think it can be used in everyday life. It can be used in work. It can be used in relationship. It can be used in a therapeutic setting. So I take lots of bits of NLP and use them as and when it applies to the person I'm working with. And the, the you know the beauty the beauty of what you're describing is that it's it's important I think to just at least recognize it and understand what it is. You're administering it and you're working with people and you're using the NLP. But I want that takeaway for everybody listening to realize they don't have to just go out and learn it. They may, no. be, may be interested in going out to learn it, but what what's what I like for you guys to guess grasp is and what Steve is, is talking about is that a lot of these concepts and, and you made some really wonderful metaphors of how to almost it's almost like condensing in a way the things that you've learned over the years and that's what you do when you work with your with the clients that need, that need help that that are reaching out to you and taking all that knowledge that you have built up over the years and and the different types of teachings and putting it in this format that the person the layperson can understand and really make some some drastic change and shifts in their life you know very similar to how how like Tony Robbins uh, would work with clients. So I'd love for you to talk about the book a little bit and what they would learn from reading this book that you've relaunched, The Journey of Discovering, Discovery and, of, and Self-Learning. Yeah, The Journey of Discovery and Self-Learning is, um, is something that I put together um, a few years ago and it was a suggestion made by somebody that I was talking to and they said, you've got a great story to tell. And I said, okay, really? You know, I started talking about it and um, with permission of a couple of clients, um, I recorded some of my sessions and the person listening to it, <clears throat> who helped me to start writing the book, said that this is brilliant. You realize what you're doing. And I said, mm, I just do what I do, you know, and it, it works. It helps people to shift to a new place. So the story started with a few of the clients that I work with, and I, with their permission, I put their case studies into the book. And um, that developed, you know, throughout the, the couple of years, and we started putting some really good stories in that helped people to shift to a new place just by reading the stories of, of other people's experience. And I also started writing some poem and rhyme then, which started to connect with the story of the person. Um, it just started to flow from me and it put into the book and I've had some great um, feedback of people who've read it and say, wow, you know, I read the poem and it, it makes me think about things. So we got to remember that the subconscious mind is very childlike. So, you know, things have got to be quite simplistic for people to take it on an unconscious level and for that unconscious to start to understand it. And, it. and then it gives it the ability to make the changes. And sometimes outside of our awareness, we just we just make the changes and don't realize we've made them until it's brought to our attention later in life. And suddenly we haven't been getting that old feeling that we've been getting. And we've been enjoying life more. 
I'm, sometimes I haven't realized how. And that's what I love about it. So the book, it takes people on a little journey. It describes little uh, techniques that, um, like the one I just spoke about, you know, where we can give it a color, we can change the shape, we can give it a sound, we can make it move. So we give people the opportunity, as they read in the book, to stop at certain points and go through these little exercises themselves. And, you know, they find they start making the changes. And what we've also done recently is started putting a video out on YouTube every week with Excellent. with little techniques on, you know. It's all about um, people who are stuck in bereavement or people who are anxiety, limiting beliefs. And then we put little exercises in, which we show them physically on the on the you know the video, so they can also see and try it out themselves. And you know, very often we get feedback. Some people saying, "Wow, I just done that," you know, and it's made a big difference in my life. It's fantastic. This is what it's all about. It's about. It's not for everybody, but as you say, some people they are ready to make that step in their lives. They're ready to take the next step or to climb that ladder to success. And they're looking for different ideas, techniques, and and things that will help them along the way. And that's what this is really about, is, is giving the people an assist to be that best version of themselves. And and it's beautiful right. work. It's and, beautiful work. And that's, hey, that's why you guys are here mm-hmm. right now. If you weren't, if you didn't have some inkling that you wanted to make some improvement, some shift in your life, you wanted to understand a part of yourself in, in some better way, shed some light on something in your life, understand a relationship in a, in a new way, you wouldn't be here listening to this podcast. So for that, it's, you know, myself, Steve, we're very appreciative that you are here with us because even though it's the two of us that are having this conversation right now, we're communicating with you right now directly. You're literally, if you're listening, whether you're driving in your car, if you're listening with headphones on, if you're listening to to it through a speaker, and there's a group of you all listening, which would be that would be pretty cool. Your yeah. brain actually syncs up with the information that you're listening to. It's quite quite amazing, actually, and will drive in those connections and make it make it deeper. And make it e- the connections even deeper, and it's just it's a beautiful thing when you find that right outlet. So I really I'm very appreciative, guys, that you're here, and I know Steve as well. I want to ask you one last question mm-hmm. before we head out. If you were suddenly at the end of your life and you were reflecting on all that you have been through, all that you've done, all that you have created, what kind of impact would you want to be remembered for? Making a difference, making a difference, and making and helping and assisting people to just be the best they can be and enjoy life and laugh more and just enjoy everything they do with open arms and welcome things into their lives, you know, whether it's good or bad, because life isn't all about good things. We're going to experience uncomfortable things, bad things, you know, we're going to lose people in life the longer we live. So we're going to have these things. But the more clear we become, the easier it is for people to cope with things. 
Yeah, it's not always about the circumstance that you're going through. It's about the stuff that comes with it from behind. So I always say, like, we're living into our past a lot of the time because we haven't left the past in the past. So I would like to, you know, be remembered that I that I made a difference in in a big way in different people's lives, and be remembered for being a positive effect, if you like, a positive effect on people. And, and I get that. You know, I had a lady contact me the other day and she'd booked a few sessions with me and she got one left and she said, I don't need that one at the moment. I've never been so happy in all my life. And I thought, what a wonderful thing to say. What a wonderful thing to say. I know. Isn't that great? I, it's uh it's a beautiful thing, even though you want to work with clients and help more people, sometimes working yourself out of the situation means that you did the right thing. And that yeah. means that that person was able to make the change. If if there's perpetually a client, maybe they're not making any uh, change or, or you're not teaching right. And, and that's a, well, that's beautiful. That that means that she, you really opened her mind and she was able to make some shifts. Well, my passion came, Tom, from my own learnings of myself. And when I realized how restricted I was that I didn't realize, even to an extent when I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome, and I never had any medication, I accepted what the doctors told me. I actually was a consultant at the time. But as I was going through this system, this process, if you like, of learning these techniques, and I hit on something in my own life, which was around 17 years of age, that disappeared, and I've never had any trouble with my stomach ever since. Irritable bowel syndrome disappeared, never came back, and I can eat and drink all the things they said I couldn't. And I know that happened because it was an, emo an emotional response that was happening. Stress. It was a stress in the organs of my body. And once I hit on the right thing, I released something that gave me the freedom, and when I got to see these little things, I thought, well, if I can do that, anybody can do the same thing. And a lot of it is not rocket science. A lot of it is quite simple techniques. If you just take the time and you've got to be persistent sometimes with some things like emotional freedom technique, which is a tapping technique. If you're persistent with this, some people will have what I call a one minute miracle and other people will take months to clear something. But if they keep working at it, their lives will get a bit better, you know. And that's all we're looking for, aren't we, is to be healthy, happy, and peaceful. I believe that's, that's what people are looking for in life. And, you know, other things will come off that. And if we're striving for that, and I don't like the word striving, because it's just looking at yourself and, and realizing that when you take responsibility 100%, as we spoke earlier on, and your awareness starts to become more acute, then you start to realize it's the way your thinking is creating your feeling. And if you can start taking that control back, then you can start feeling exactly the way you want to feel. Steve, that's great. That is, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. I love asking that question because I could say for myself, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I would hope for you guys listening as well. But I know definitely for me, every time I get to ask that question, my own mind gets take. I get taken on a journey. Mm. Um, 
and and it, it's just a beautiful reminder to think about how I also want to make an impact in this world. And I know that every time I ask that question and everybody's listening that it's it's taking their minds there as well. So thank you so much for sharing that, Steve. And this has been a great chat. I'm really uh My pleasure. It's, it's been good, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. And uh guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast with Stephen True Love, Steve. And if you head over to the show notes page, you would just head over to positivityeffect.com slash Stephen True Love. We got all the information, all the show notes. Well, you're going to have all the information, all of the links. We're going to be linking out to that YouTube page that you mentioned. Steve, this has been great. Thank you so much again for coming on The Positivity Effect. Thank you, Tom. And it's, it's great to talk to somebody who's, who's making such a difference through your work. Oh, Brilliant. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Likewise, likewise. That's, that's okay. Talk Thank to you. you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye.